You grooving, Stu? I am grooving, man. Yeah. It's Friday morning and uh, just happy to be alive. It's good to be alive in the world we live in today, isn't it? Well, well, some days are better than others, Des. That is true. What the hell are we doing here today? Well, uh, this is episode number one of The Pragmatics. We are The Pragmatics. Well, it sounds better when you say it. The Pragmatics. Yes. And we're coming to you high atop the Oka- Okanagan Valley in our crystal gondola. You're at 3,600. No, no, you're at 360 meters, 1,200 feet above sea level. Air's thin. You feeling okay? Yeah. All right. Good, good. Remember the band Air Supply? Do I remember them? Yeah. They're dudes' posters in my bedroom. Were they the greatest selling duo of all time, or am I mixing them up with? You might be. I might be. You know, they're very, uh, very confused uh, bunch, you know. Uh, what's the one tune? The uh... Well, I can name them all. Um, I'm All Out of Love is, is one of my favorites, yeah. which is not how I'm feeling today at all. Well, one day they're lost in love, and the next day they're all out of love. That's why I say they're confused. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's carry on. We've got, uh, got some introductions to do about this, uh, this podcast and why we feel it's... Uh, it was necessary. It was a calling from Gad, Steve Gad. You're not going to ask me who Steve Gad is, are you? <laughs> Musician. He's my favorite drummer. Oh, yeah. Is he? Steve Gad. Okay. Yes. The Gadfather. So, um, what are we doing? Introduce. T- tell the folks why, why the pragmatics um, came about. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, friends and family are listening. So, right. At least we hope. Probably just a few of them. Maybe. Success already. Well, you know, uh, Stu and I go back uh, since early, early childhood. We grew up in the same spot. Um, you know, we've uh, experienced a lot together, uh, both uh, in personal life, in uh, in our, our set uh, industries and professions that we've had, which were very, very discreet of each other, um, which uh, brings... A tremendous amount of uh, uh, different perspectives on things. Uh, we do a lot about uh, uh, talking about uh, the subject matter, and uh, it's it's created some really good commentary. And we felt that, uh, you know, uh, being that there's only about uh, 17 million podcasts out there, we thought that uh, you know we'd rise above the rest. Yeah, man. Um... Good being here. It's good being on episode one. It's always good to see you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. We've been together since we were seven or eight years old at that small orphanage in Saint Albert, yes. um, sharing bunk beds and uh, and uh, getting mischievous. But uh, here we are, fifty, almost fifty years later, um, still hanging out, still being pals. We share a lot of the same views on things, um, you know, maybe some a little bit more vigorously than others, but you're right, Des. I mean, we, uh, we, we've, uh, grown up at least professionally in different spots, right? I mean, my, my experience is primarily in healthcare. Uh, I've had the privilege of working for some, uh, big companies, some small companies, working with some great people, uh, learning a lot about, uh, what, uh, you know, what, what keeps Canadians, North Americans and generally the world, um, healthy. And um, I'm hoping to share some of those experiences and obviously bring some of those folks on um, over the next, I guess, how long this podcast? What are we thinking? Maybe 10 years? 
Yeah, we've we've set aside ten years ten for years. this. Ten years. That's our that's our window. So, um, yeah, it, that tends to be my background, and it, it it honestly feeds a lot of my my thinking and my opinions, and um, you know, some may be surprising to to friends and family and the folks listening. Uh, but um, yeah, um, I'm really excited and excited to bring some of those people on to the show and uh, educate and inform, you know, our listeners, be it five or five million uh, as to um, what's happening out there. And how about you? Your experience is very different than the healthcare side, although I do I do know you touched the healthcare side briefly in the uh, in the 90s. <laughs> well, we're not, we're not going to get into that, but uh, no, it, it's uh, it it. It's a very good uh, perspective to have uh, the two that we we uh, we ex- have experienced. Uh, I come from the resource and energy sector. I've uh, been a uh, executive on that side for many years. Obviously, where this comes together is today we're dealing with, you know, tremendous uh, near crises on on uh, on many subject matters whether you know we can relate to the healthcare and the pandemic and and uh, all the things related to that and the things that we're seeing now in the energy sector we've got a, a you know a lot to uh, to develop and you know one of the reasons why we've uh, wanted to do this podcast is you know there's you know sorry to say but we feel a lot of the people walking the uh, walking the streets are just um, and I don't say this pejoratively, but, uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount of illiteracy on some subjects that are really important, and they're coming down, landing right on the ground in front of us today. So, you know, we have these uh, really good resources to rely on, these uh, subject matter experts that we've come across in our uh, professions. We're going to call on some of these folks to address some of the the uh what we what we're talking about about this illiteracy um i think uh this is something we we can offer in a in a in a real good format here is uh in a fun way is look at the the realities the data you know and one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast is because there's a you know there's a sort of a mainstream thing going on out there that is really keeping us from some of the realities, some of the data, some of the, the, the studies that are happening and, and we're just properly not, and of course, trying to search this stuff out. We're stymied by the, uh, you know, whether it's the Google search engines that are, that are algorithming this stuff out, out, of, uh, out of reach, which is happening. Um, anyway, that's pretty dry and, and uh, uh, contrite subject matter and it's uh, uh, things we're going to touch on. Rooney, the uh, the mascot, is cruising around. Um, Des has brought his uh, his uh, dog down to the show today. You almost heard him there. Um, it's good to have you, Rooney. It's good to have you, Des. Uh, I, I, you know, as much as I think the the, the subject matter is going to be uh, at times heavy, we might even touch on a heavy topic today, Des. I think the important part is we, we want folks to to hear an alternative view and. We want it to be, as you said, uh, fact and figure driven more than just opinions. Uh, Des, you and I are no, you know, n- no slouches in terms of some of the subject matter, but we're not experts in, in all the areas. I, like I said earlier, we know a little bit about a lot of things and we want to make sure that we bring guests on that are going to help 
uh, inform our listeners in a way that, um, you know, maybe augments our view and maybe at times challenges our view. But at, at the end of the day, we just want people to have an open mind about what's happening in the world around them. We, we live in a time, and you touched on it already, where, you know, the pandemic has shown all of us to be, you know, incredibly compliant to, you know, direction from governments, whether they be local, provincial, federal, um, and and quite honestly, um, it's been an eye opener, at least for I think for you and I, Des. And we're not going to get into the pandemic today or COVID or you know uh, how we were you know again controlled for the better part of the last two years. But that is going to be a topic uh, downstream. I think the other thing that's important for folks to to know is we're going to have some fun. Like we want to have some laughs. The, the the world feels a bit miserable right now. You know, the financial markets are getting pounded. You know, there's a war in Europe. Uh, we've got a crazy man in Russia, you know, threatening global nuclear war. Um, you know, we've got a government here internally that doesn't know what they're doing. You know, there's a, there's a lot of crappy stuff happening in the world. We want to make sure that, at least on this podcast, we have a few laughs. And that's why we're going to reflect a little bit on what's happening, you know, in contemporary news. Um like Des said, we're going to bring guests in that are subject matters and areas of, of importance. Um, but we're also going to have some fun. We're going to uh, play some music. We're going to crack a bottle of wine at the end of this and, uh, you know, throw some uh, some compliments out to a local winery uh, every time we get together. doesn't have to be a winery. could be a restaurant. could be a spirit place. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to have some fun, too. And I think I think that's important. Otherwise, you know, our, our listenership might be uh, might be limited to, to Rooney and a few others. Yeah. Listen, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the wine. I'm a you know, we love it. We live in a, a region that is, uh, you know, every year developing better and better. Uh, so one of the things that we wanted to bring to this podcast is we're going to highlight, uh, you know, a winery, a particular bottle of wine. You know, we're not uh, we're not sommeliers. We don't even talk about this as red cherry and this is uh, green apples or whatever. Hey man, we're going to talk about this wine because plain and simply, we like it. Yeah, right. And that's exactly you know, we're we're good at the wine thing enough to know if we like it or if we don't like it. If we like it, you should try it out. Yeah, man. And and to your point, neither of us are uh, sommeliers, but I think we've done our share of sipping. So um, we can we 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 can tell you what's happening. Uh, and and that reminds me, maybe maybe there's a wine guest or two we should. Uh, should bring on. Yeah. We, we know a few experts in the wine biz. We so. do, and some winemakers. And, yeah. Uh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So I look I mean, forward may- to that. Maybe as we get towards the end of this, we'll uh, we'll introduce the first wine, and then we'll talk about the maker a bit, since we both know the dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get there. Um, what's happening in the world this week, buddy? Well, um, you know, there's some things happening uh, down in the uh, in the U.S. There with uh, you know, it's an energy thing, but it, it drives me bananas. You know, we we've got uh, we've we've got a an administration in the U.S. and an administration here in Canada that have been for you know the last decade kneecapping, you know, the energy sector, <laughs> right? So here's here's Biden and and uh, Granholm, his energy secretary, um, you know, essentially. Uh, revving, trying to rev up production so they don't look bad, uh, you know, at the at the gas pump, you know, and uh, at the same time they're they're off doing a a uh, conference, a climate change conference, of course, saying that they're gonna, you know, pack in the energy sector. Meanwhile, in, in the other side of their mouth, they're 
they're uh, they're 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 asking for crying out loud Venezuela to to help with more production and Iran, you know. <laughs> they're good friends in in Venezuela yeah. and Iran. Yeah, they didn't come and ask the Canadians uh, if we could if we could develop more production for them, but they went to Venezuela and Iran. Yeah, yeah, no, we 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 could help, but it would mean knocking down some trees and and you know maybe you know, displacing the odd gopher. So um, <laughs> they're not going to call us, buddy. Um. So look that 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 one's a uh, a topic or a show in and of itself. You know, we we we've had plenty of conversations over the wine we've just discussed um, on the energy sector. Our own government, you know, kneecapping us in a time when Canada should be really a standout and thriving, uh, considering all the things we talked about: the war in Europe, the shortages mm-hmm. in the U.S., the prices. But we won't be. Yeah, you know, I think I think for for different uh, episodes, we are going to get into the fact that you know. Um, uh, the, 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 the narrative that's out there that, you know, we're going to make everything, uh, just like an EV car and we're not going to need fossil fuels anymore. We're going to touch on that. Uh, it is just an absolute impossibility to have this kind of, uh, modern lifestyle and what have you and, and get rid of, uh, uh, hydrocarbons. It's just, uh, it's impossible. Uh, kind of be, be aware of what you are, uh, be aware of what you're wishing for because, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if we're back to, you know, living in caves and what have you, uh, you know, there won't be a bloody tree on the, on the earth cause we'll need to burn it down for heat and, and cooking our food. Right. But, uh, yeah. the fact of the matter is, and we won't get into it today, but there isn't an alternative to the, uh, the the energy density of, of uh, hydrocarbons, and until we, you know, bring up uh, another alternative, and technology and innovation will get us there. Uh, it, it's not a next Friday thing. It's a uh, it's a decades away thing, and uh, I'm I'm afraid we're running to a room uh, at a very fast pace that there's nothing in that room to help us. Uh, so this transition it needs to be more of a, a diversification of of energy. Uh, because we can't move from one thing to something that is going to replace it that doesn't exist today, because it doesn't, right? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I hear you, and I think to your point. I mean, the 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 energy sector and and you know what we need to do as a nation, you know, is is an important topic, um, or what we need to do as a as as a you know electorate. To, to, to move or motivate our government is is a completely separate topic and I know we've we've talked about a few guests that we might have on on in, in that regard you know may, maybe just a few of the other things and you touched on them that we're going to share over the course of, of the podcast you know some based on our expertise and backgrounds and, and some not um, we're going to talk about um, EVs you already talked about renewables or renewable energy mm-hmm. we're going to talk about uh, you know healthcare drug pricing. Uh, new new drugs and 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 therapies to market that we may or may not ever see in this country as as a function of government policy, um, you know just just to touch on a few topics. Very good, and all those are an interest uh, to, to to many people we're talking to today, uh, because we talk about this with with many many people and it's they're they're subject again subject matter that people are interested in but they're just not getting the information. And this is completely the reason why we're doing this podcast is to, to, to bring in the, the, the source data and, and, you know, have it properly explained by experts that are capable of, you know, basically talking to a, you know, a median crowd. I mean, uh, some of the subject matter is very technical and it needs to be properly communicated 
so that everybody out there has uh, an equal opportunity of understanding the uh, the situations we're in. And some of them are, are, are terrifically grave, and I don't think uh, uh, people are, are, are properly... Uh, considering what some of the things that we and they they they, they affect us with uh, the mortgage on our homes and then the the prices of things that we do every day at the grocery store or the pump uh, uh, where, where we're getting gas for our vehicles and what have you so you know all this stuff is 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 hitting the ground in, in a very very uh, uh, explosionary manner uh, and it's probably not going to get any better for some time. So a little understanding and navigating our lives is what we feel is uh, the recipe here. Yeah, and I, I think that's perfectly said. You know, this week I, I went into the grocery store and, you know, picked up six apples and paid $8.89 for six apples. Now, mm-hmm. you, you, you can get uh, four bags of Cheetos for about the same price. Um, you know, just walk up and down the middle aisles, grab some chips and, you know, junk food. You're, you're, you're not paying. It hasn't gone up a ton. But the fact that you need to pay almost 10 bucks for six apples um, forces people to make bad decisions. And, buddy, you know as, as well as anybody, I'm not a nutritionist or a health freak, but I do think eating good food, healthy food makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're dropping three something for a head of lettuce and 10 bucks, almost 10 bucks for six apples, it's, it's absolutely unsustainable. Mm-hmm. It's forcing people to make bad decisions that are affecting their health. And, and, and again, we're going to talk about inflation, why we're in this position, um, without getting into it today, of course, it's, it's a pretty meaty topic, but you know, you said it and, and it's absolutely the right way to look at it is whether buying groceries or filling up your car and lamenting the fact that, you know, you can't drive to Calgary to see family or Vancouver or wherever the, you know, wherever the, the, you know, the trip may take you. Um, you got to start asking the questions, why is that? And what can I do to affect change? Because gas doesn't need to be 225 a liter. Correct. Uh, I'll give you two things in, in that, in that subject right there that, that not everybody understands. Um, but basically, you know, uh, the eco brigade, you'll probably hear that terminology from me because the eco brigade are, are, uh, it's impossible for them to to properly assess, um, you know, equally the 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 cause and effects of policy and what have you. But we have two things that are happening here. We have the eco brigade worldwide are shaming and blaming money managers, insurers, banks away from the fossil fuel industry. Like I said earlier, at a time where there isn't anything that can replace that. So we've, we've got a tremendous amount, especially in the last decade, uh, and specifically in the last seven years, the, the amount of um, investment that has been missing from the, the, uh, uh, the extraction world has got us to this point where uh, demand is, is still there. In fact, they're calling for it to be stronger later this year and into next year. Uh, obviously, caveat in there is, you know, what kind of a recession does the world uh, uh, enter into uh, and if. Um, but they've done their best to restrict further production. And, you know, this isn't something you just turn on like a light or a pump, you know, uh, to develop these things. You know, there has been only one new field uh, 
uh, exploration find in the world in the last five years of, of any significance. And, you know, these things take seven, eight, ten years to, to produce their first barrel, right? And so we, we've got this uh, eco-brigade, you know, stifling. It's been capital starvation for the energy sector worldwide. And then the other thing is, is that specifically here in North America, uh, we haven't built a meaningful-sized refinery since 1977. Okay, there's there, to, to one one exception, which is the NWR built in Alberta. It's it's purely diesel. It's not massive, but that's a new, a new refinery that has been built, and it was just in the last uh, three four years that it came online. But other than that. You know, when you think of uh, the economies that we're in today compared to 1977, and essentially we don't have any more capacity. That's why we're seeing gas prices the way they are. If we pr actually produced more oil and shipped them to the uh, to the refineries, we wouldn't necessarily get any any more uh, uh, product out of them because they're they're operating between 87 and 94 percent. Uh, capacity at the moment. They'll never hit 100 because there's always things that are, you know, either going down or what have you. So we're right up against the top of what refineries can give us. And that is the, ref that's why we're seeing the refined products at the process or uh, the prices they are, uh, you know, the gas, the jet fuel and, and diesel, um, you know, so that's, that's some of the issues we're going to talk about, uh, you know, and getting some, uh, down to the bottom of, of why we're here. Because, you know, people say, uh, well, when, when oil was, uh, you know, at 140 back in 2014, you know, gas wasn't, you know, two bucks a liter. It was, uh, you know, a buck 47 or a buck 55. Well, you know, there's a difference between the input cost of, of a barrel of oil and what the refinery is doing and what kind of condition the refining capacity is in. So there, there are two different things. Everybody thinks that uh, there should be an equal, you know, up and down with the input cost of oil to, to gasoline. Not the case. We'll talk about that in a different episode. Yeah, I, I think that's that's super important. You know, um, is a eco-brigade equivalent to like a Salvation Army, but for tree huggers? Correct. Okay, I just want because you, you said you're going to say it a few times. So I I just envisioned you know like the the folks that give you a little bit of a you know pull on the sleeve at Christmas time and ask you to throw some some change in the thing. The Salvation Army folks, and I know they do something. You know, the other fifty weeks of of the year, I just I don't I don't know what it is. Well, they deploy the cash. Is that what right. they do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you know, in a very noble way. You do, know. Do you know what a and this is maybe a, a something for our research team? Do you know? what a uh, good I'm just or, or maybe even just average bell ringer would get at Christmas time in front of the you know LCBO or 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 liquor store like what would they collect a day a hundred buck fifty oh I think more than that I, I, I don't I, I what, mean what would your typical throw well be? I wouldn't for me I, I you know I'm, I'm a five or tenner uh, okay. I, I've, I've thrown 20s uh, in there you know if, if that's all I have I, I can't walk by one uh, with you know specifically the Salvation Army I've got some personal people in my life that had had uh, have some stories of how they were benefited by and it's 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 affected okay. me and it's touched it's touched me so um, you know I can't walk by one so they're gonna get a five ten or a 20 off me depending on what's in my pocket well, and it is Christmas, and you're you're a Christmas guy. I'm a Christmas I, guy. I know. I mean, look at me. Um, I know. I know. Um, and I too, it's my favorite time of the year. Not not to I, I, maybe we're playing our 
you know, our religious, you know, affiliation or card. I also celebrate uh, Hanukkah to the extent that I can. So I don't want to, I don't want to appear like I'm just pandering to the, to the Christians out there. But so the Salvation Army, uh, Delio, um, so you're a 5, 10 or 20. That's, that's generous. Um, we're going to have to find out, like I said, we'll get our Cracker Jack research team on this to see what the average Salvation Army lieutenant draws on a daily basis. And, and that actually makes me think of another question. Do you know what the um, what the lieutenant's take would be on that day? Do, do they get like a 10, 20 on that? I think, I think they're commissioned. I, I, it's by for performance. Well, you're ringing a bell, man. Uh, that shit's not easy. So if I were doing the Salvation Army thing, um, first of all, I'd get a really big bell. <laughs> And uh, I'd work that station like they've probably never seen before. But wait, you know what? Let's I, think if, I think if they're out there for four or five hours, I think I think they're going to get uh, you know uh, four to seven hundred dollars in a take. You know what? We're going to do research because I'm I'm curious to know what percentage of people walk by and don't put anything in. Um, that's, that's a good question. It's a special kind of person. I didn't think we'd go down this this route today, but I was thinking about the tree hugger thing. Um, we probably shouldn't call them tree tree huggers. The Eco Brigade, which you've actually legitimized them by giving them that name. That's a really good name. But if the Eco Brigade, in a similar fashion, set up like one of those stations outside, like, I don't know, Stanley Park or something, and they just rang a bell and people went by and put dough in, do you think they'd raise a lot of money? Uh, where did you say? Like Stanley Park yeah. or, you know. Oh, I think that, you know, Stanley Park would probably fetch more uh, more donations than, let's say, uh, somewhere different. Like if you put one at Algonquin Park, what do you, do you think that would draw some some dough? Or or Elk Island for our Al- Alberta listeners? Right. Oh, the Buffalo Hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think? <laughs> and and would you be would you be as inclined to drop a 5, 10, or 20 into an eco-brigade? Um, it couldn't be plastic, though. It would have to... It, so it would have to be made of like birch bark or something. No, I don't trust them. I don't think they'd do it out of birch bark either, because that would mean harm. They got to cut down trees, and I can't for a consumable item. Well, it just won't work then. No, it won't work. You, you, you know where they're going to have to continue to get their money? The taxpayer and the government. Yes, that's that's where the dough is going to come from. Hey, um, oh, speaking of guilt and shame, uh, neither of which I I possess a ton of. Um, I was reading today that a uh, in the Canadian press that in Winnipeg, Manitoba RCMP say a 92-year-old retired priest has been charged after a decade-long investigation into the Fort Alexander Residential School in northeast Winnipeg. And apparently he was there from 1968 to 1970. So it took 10 years to, to, to do this investigation, but I don't know how long it took him to find this guy. I don't think he's moving real quick. Um, and and what does it say they they want with him? Um, well, they're 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 going to charge him, and um, he was arrested at his home in Winnipeg, and he he is to appear in court in on Monday. So, I just want to remind our listeners he's ninety two. So, um, so what, what when probably, they when they knocked on his door, what do you think? How did that go? Uh, they went in with uh, battering rams and a SWAT team. Apparently, he didn't he didn't move real quick when they broke through. S- scared something out of him, though. <laughs> I mean, but, yes, tra- tragic uh, tragic st- circumstances, but the guy's ninety two. 
92 Des, and you know you said it earlier we we, we certainly don't want to make light of you know the, the 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 impact of residential schools on a big chunk of this population we we are going to talk about it downstream in one of our episodes um and again this whole notion of perpetual guilt and shame and and how we're supposed to feel about it um but i i just i just read this article and and you know i really wonder what what is the point of arresting this guy 92 years old in his house after a like does you know i'm not a i'm not a uh you know, in law enforcement, nor am I in any way a crime fighter, but I don't know how this investigation could have taken a decade. Yes, good, good point. But um, look, they're, 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 like I and, said, and they and they only they only fingered this guy. Apparently, yeah. And the the, the um, one ninety two year old fella. Okay. Yeah. Well, while we have certainly had the steps involved in a police investigation top of mind throughout this whole process, we have also been very aware of the effect our investigation was having on the community at large, said Sergeant Paul Manager, an RCMP spokesman. The emotional trauma experienced by victims of abuse is very real. Well, no, nobody's debating that. No, mm-hmm. Nobody's saying it isn't. And despite the years of this investigation that inter- intervened between the alleged occurrences and when police were actually investigating, that trauma is still present. Investigators were aware of that trauma and approached the investigation in a way intended to limit further injury. Well, I, I guess that makes sense. Hopefully they take that approach all the time. Well, we'll have to keep an keep an eye on that. Uh, if he's uh, if he's in court Monday, let's keep an eye on that. Okay, we'll 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 report back on um, said priest uh, next time we get together. Be um, interesting to know what at ninety two what kind of condition uh, the old fella is in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and you got to think. You know, um, what about all the, the 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 politicians that are that are not ninety two that were, you know. Where, where is the scrutiny in the investigations? Uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, the late 60s, early 70s. You know, that's the, that's uh, Papa Trudeau's uh, uh, era. And, uh, well, we, we know that, uh, you know, former Prime Minister John Chrétien, he was uh, holding a ministry that, uh, that the, the schools were uh, under his purview. Good, good. Uh, you know, what? He's perfectly uh, astute and alive and not 92. I mean, where do these investigate? You know, I'm, I'm asking the question. Yeah, no, and I think it's the right question to ask. And I think the residential schools are going to make up a, um, a very interesting topic because I know people have very strong feelings about the schools. And where I've always wanted to get to, and I've had this conversation with family members, is... The rearview mirror is important. I get it. And we're, we're all spending a ton of time looking in it. I shouldn't say we're all. I don't. But a lot of people do. What I'm really concerned about is what's the solution? What are we going to do? And it starts with what do you want? The question, you know, of those that are victims and then moving forward. And guess what? It can't just include money. Like, you know, speaking of money, Des, and speaking to some degree of residential schools, I see our governor general uh, went on a bit of a junket and spent ninety three thousand dollars for a catering bill on the flight. Yes, yes, and you know, you know what's interesting is uh, yesterday I, 
I picked up on uh, Evan Solomon, you know, from CTV. He's got on uh, uh, an MP out of uh, Ontario, Michael Barrett. He's got Michael Barrett. And I guess Michael Barrett uh, had uh, filed some some inquisitive papers to to find out about about this. And, um, you know, identifying that there was, uh, you know, basically the catering bill, alcohol and food on the flight to Dubai and back, right? Yeah, exactly. For 29 people. You got it. Yeah. And, and, and he, he was asking, saying, you know, that, that basically uh, it was excessive. And you know what Evan Solomon said? He says, how do you know that is ex- excessive? I mean, th- th- this is again. You know, you're you're going to hear this from us, the sort of mainstream media, you know, ability to properly um, be a a non-biased journalist, and 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 to not. I mean, the question should have been different. Not how do you know that's excessive? I mean, any any totally anybody breathing air can understand that 29 people going to Dubai and back, you know, burning, you know, 47,000 each way, right? Uh, you know, is, is, is excessive. The question should have been, you know, something much different from that journalist, right? But this is, you know, do you remember Bev Oda with the, uh, with the, the $16 uh, oh, orange yeah. juice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she had to resign over that and some other expenses. But, yeah. you know, in, in Parliament, they were nailing her that she ordered a $16 glass of orange juice in some, you know, obviously some great hotel, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they nailed her and she had to retire, you know, resign over it. And today, um, this journalist is asking... The, the guy who filed the the objection or or to 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 investigate it further uh, asking him how do you know ninety three thousand and change is excessive yeah Th- this is how you know des just d- do the math on okay take take food out of it for a second just just for our listeners and just for fun and you and I like to go with you know with numbers and and play with math a little bit take take 93,000 divided by 10 bucks a drink you get 9300 drinks divided by 29 people and you get 320 drinks per person does that sound excessive it's 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 an obscene amount of money well obviously I, now now you know we, we can fool with the math eight ways to sunday you know maybe they're 15 dollars drinks or 20 dollars drinks but it doesn't matter what you do with the math they're big numbers and of course they're success, uh, excessive. Of course it is. Well, and, and, and to your point, and, and I know your point was not about whether it was or wasn't excessive. Your point was about Evan Solomon and a stupid comment. I, yeah. At least I think that was... Well, I, I think it just leads to the fact that, uh, you know, we've watched uh, the CTVs, the Globals, the CBCs um, ask absolutely impotent questions of this government. And... and uh, but when it's a conservative government, they're taken to task. And of course, this was a conservative MP asking that that uh, th- th- file those inquisitive papers about this particular junket, and uh, that was the question out of Evan Solomon's mouth: How do you know it was excessive? Yeah. Well, one of the topics that we need to tackle is this whole notion of the Governor General. 
because what we're reading today or what you're seeing the $93,000 spend on a you know on a flight to and from Dubai is is not new. I mean that 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 particular headline is new, but the excessive spend and abuse of this particular agency has been going on for decades. And the Canadian taxpayer has to be aware of the fact that we're paying for this. Like, oh, yes. and, and, and maybe Canadians are okay with, you know, 320 drinks per participant on a, on a flight to and from Dubai. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I get, when we do our call-in segment, we, we can ask them. Well, what's interesting is I, 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 you know, when I picked up on this story, I, I saw a little bit of natter about this on, uh, on uh, social media and what have you. And, and you know, somebody brought up a, a very good question is, why are we taxpayers paying for alcohol? For these folks, it's a great question. It, it actually, you know, when when you stop and take a, a momentary step back and say, why are we supplying them alcohol on what on any of these trips or what have you? I mean, it 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 really is a a, a begging question. Yeah, Des, look, I mean, I I've, uh, you and I opened up with our our sort of combined experience, and I can tell you in the healthcare segment with with different organizations and and companies, some have gotten totally away from alcohol at meetings. If you want to grab a beer or a glass of wine, please feel free, but the organization doesn't feel any obligation whatsoever. As a matter of fact, there's probably a responsibility to not, you know, cover or reimburse for alcohol. Mm -hmm. You want to take somebody out for a nice meal, have a great conversation, please feel free. We, we actually encourage that. But there are a lot of organizations that are saying we're not covering alcohol anymore. And it's not because they can't afford it. It's, oh, correct. It, 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 right? So well, there's all sorts of things, and liability is, is part yeah, of absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's it's no different than when you have a, uh, a corporate event, uh, you know, at, at the office or what have you. And of course, uh, you know, if there's alcohol served, they're, they're, everybody's tripping over themselves to make sure everybody gets an opportunity to get a, you know, a, a, a bought and paid for uh, taxi ride home and, and that kind of thing. And it's because of the, the liability. But if you take out the alcohol thing, uh, 100%, then there isn't a, a, a liability issue. And, and, and I, th I think that's why you're seeing uh, in, in industry or in, in the corporate world that uh, they're, they're just saying no to it, right? But again, you know, um, in, in, in government and what have you, it, is, uh, it, it more so begs the question, why are we supplying them with alcohol? Yeah, no, I, I think... You know, it it is a conversation for another uh, for another podcast. Mm -hmm. um, anything else you want to talk? Well, about? Well, you know, I we... think I think we should let the uh, folks know that our next episode we're we're going to bring on a uh, on a guest. Uh, his name's Ooh. Rob Driscoll. He is the co-founder and editor of Big Media. Big Media is uh, a very interesting um, uh, journal journalistic. Uh, uh, outlet that's uh, I think uh, right around a year old. I I'm a subscriber to it. It 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 costs almost nothing, but what I like about this uh, this particular uh, journalistic endeavor is um, kind of no different, Stu, than what we're we're doing here and what made us uh, you know set up a couple of microphones and and hit the record button here is that. You know, there's a tremendous amount of, we just talked about it with Evan Solomon, like that sort of, that question came from a, a serious bias, right? And uh, we feel, and I think Rob Driscoll put together his, uh, his big media in, 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 the same, uh, in the same vein, which is, 
you know, we're getting a, a tremendously um, distorted picture from mainstream media. And um, he wanted to remedy that, especially on some of the subject matter that is really, really affecting society right now. So he's compiled a uh, uh, qu- quite a stable of, of very technical people. Uh, he's got some uh, some lawyer legal folks. He's got a couple of geophysicists, some scientists that are that are very very um, and and everything comes from what does the data say, and then the analysis of data, and then of course uh, from that point the mainstream media is is just dropping the ball. We're not getting it, and and I think he saw the 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 opportunity to to look at. Uh, the fundamental data in everything that they're dealing with, whether it's energy, you know, health, what have you. And so we're really interested to have, a, have uh, um, Rob Driscoll on in the next, uh, the next episode. We'll have him on for, you know, several minutes to talk about what they're doing there. And, um, you know, it's, he, he's got a lot to say about, you know, some of the things we just talked about, which is we're not getting uh you know, the real information, we're getting it finely distorted and, you know, through a very, very murky lens. And unfortunately, you know, people are basing their, their understandings and some of their opinions on that. And, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's highly distorted. Yeah, man. I think that, um, is going to be an awesome episode. Our first guest will do exactly what you said, which is highlight why we're doing what we're doing, but with some data and some figures and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, importantly, a factual view. Um, and, uh, I think our listeners all, uh, will really dig that. Mm-hmm. Right on. And, you know, in, in, in other, you know, few future, uh, episodes, uh, we might be able to, uh, call on some of their, uh, uh, science, uh, uh, experts, um, Maybe some of their legal uh, writers that uh, that ha- are are spending some time with uh, big media. Uh, so we're really looking forward to uh, having Rob Driscoll on on our next uh, episode. Which talking about next episode, just to let you folks know, we're we're going to try and do this uh, weekly or biweekly. Um, we got busy schedules ourselves, but we're going to give you a steady diet of episodes. Uh, they're not every day. But we're going to try and do this uh, once a week or once every couple of weeks. Yeah, and we'll, um, I guess, you know, letting people know where to find us. We're we're going to get this out in a couple of a uh, couple of different ways, a couple of different platforms. Obviously, we'll do our our respective LinkedIn profiles, Des, and mm-hmm. and and maybe we'll uh, we'll tweet it out to the world or or find an Instagram um, platform um, so people can find us. This uh, should be a two way street. We'll obviously at some point have. Uh, the opportunity or will create the opportunity for people to call in and we'd love to chat with you. Um, but before that, should there be topics or things that you want to hear of uh, or about, then we'd certainly encourage you to, to reach out to us, whether it's on the, you know, the platforms that we're heading out on or, you know, it's friends and family. You can always call Des and I, you know where to catch us. Um, but we want to make sure that we're also bringing things forward that you want to hear about. So um, don't be shy. And you make a good point, you know, um, about having you know some some parallel contact with uh, with with listeners, um, you know we'll have a uh, a Twitter account, a Pragmatics uh, Twitter account, and because uh, what we'd like to do is when we're talking about some of the things we're talking about, we want to make sure we're we're providing source data, which gives us 
the ability to talk about the subject matter and we're talking about it from a source that uh, is reliable. So we want to be able to communicate that. We're, we're going to be talking, you know, and you're going to be hearing this podcast, uh, whether it's in your car or what have you. But we want, we want you to be able to reference some of the source material and you can find that uh, certainly on uh, Twitter, but not limited to just Twitter. We'll, we'll have some other avenues to do that. And uh, so, you know, we're going to get into a few things here that, you know, are on the fun side of it. Uh, Stu and I have talked about, uh, you know, elementing uh, uh, some some terrific uh, wine producers. And Stu's now bringing in, oh, terrific, man. What is that? Now, that's an ex nihilo. Is that the night? You got her, Des. That's the uh, ex nihilo night. I think that's kind of their signature red blend. No? Yeah. It, it's what I, it's it's one of the smoking humdingers of the valley. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, maybe a shout out to to Jeff and Dakoa at Ex Nihilo. Um, super awesome people, mm-hmm. and entertainers. Put on a good show there. Always, always on on board and and ready to answer questions and and just be wonderful hosts. But um, you know, outside of all that, Desmo, they just they, they they make a really decent wine. And and Knight is certainly, as you said, they're they're sort of flagship brand. Yes. So we're 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 kicking it off with a. A bit of a high today. We could have jumped into something a little less, a uh, little less oh, bold. Gotta love that sound. There it was. Yeah. I don't know if our if our audience or our, our listeners heard that, but um, that was a pop. Hang on. There you go. So. And and another thing that we're going to get to is um, you know, Stu and I are, are and and the, the friends we grew up with. We were big big music fans. There wasn't a day that uh, went by when we were in our. Uh, even single-digit ages, when when we weren't uh, after school, going back to somebody's place and and getting the turntable happening, you know. And every episode, we're gonna touch on a uh, a tune. Oh, Rooney, buddy, our mascots um, kicking in here. Cheers. Getting getting ready for a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna we're gonna feature a tune that meant something to us. Uh, you know, whether it was just the good feelings we get uh, by by uh, the tune or the in the entire record. You know, because in those days, we used to put the record on, and 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 listen to the whole thing. You know, uh, back to front. Yeah. Um, very different today. Eh? Everybody's buying uh, t- songs one at a time, and uh, the whole album. Uh, you know, uh, the album experiences has been kind of lost. So we're going to end the, uh, our, our, uh, our podcast with a tune, uh, and today's selection, we'll get to that shortly. All right. Well, look here, here's to, uh, Cheers. episode one, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Little Lex Nihilo. Didn't breathe quite long enough, but let's give her a go. Oh, she's a beauty. Very nice. Very nice. Delish. Delish. And, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to um, feature the wine so people can see what we're we're talking about. This is a this is a it's a blend, like Stu said. It uh, it's a blend. It's uh, it it's a, a it's a full bodied. Uh, uh, She's a big red, eh? Yeah, yeah. She's a big red. I think it's primarily Cab Des. I mean, I know it's I think it's got a little, little merlot bit, in there, a little bit of merlot, a little bit of Malbec. Yep, yep. Okay. But, um, but it's a del- delightful bottle, and you know what? What does that fetch in in the store? I think fifty-five. Uh, I don't think it's that high. Is it, it's not? Yeah, I don't think it's that high. Okay. But but uh, but she's a smoking humdinger. I mean, let's face it. Uh, those the wines coming out of BC, uh, you know, they know how to charge for them. 
Uh, but yeah, we, man, we're only going to yeah, we're we're only going to talk about the ones that uh, that are special. Yeah, and uh, Ex Nihilo is a is a wonderful winery um, situated on the what's it on, buddy? The east side of the lake. Yeah, somewhere between your spot in Predator Ridge and and my spot here in Kelowna. Yeah, um, but it's just a, a a lovely spot. Makes some really delicious wines. You know, from rosés, they make a, a an amazing Pinot Gris. Uh, but this this night is is top drawer. You bet. Yeah. You know they're located right right near uh, you know other terrific wineries. Well, I'm sure we'll get to. But uh, you know they're just uh, up the hill from from Gray Monk, uh, just down the road from uh, Arrowleaf. Arrowleaf is making a just a terrific Pinot. We'll get to that at some point. But w- definitely uh, definitely a, a soft spot with us yeah. is uh, going to be our feature of uh, a nice bottle of wine that you can you can really rely on. So I know we started the show by saying, you know, we'll probably go 10 years or, or, or so. Um, we, sh- we should go as long as we can do every winery in the valley, which didn't, didn't you say there's somewhere in the neighborhood? Of- I think it has a two in front of it. Yeah, yeah 200 uh, and some. 200 and some wineries. So th- there'll be at least that many. Uh, that many shows? That many shows. But, know. you know, there are some wineries that, that have more than one bottle of great wine. Oh, that's fair. That's so, fair. So, you know, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Six or eight hundred episodes. Be, hey, buddy, we could we could be doing this until we're ninety-two, and they come arrest us for something. Yes, there's <laughs> something to count count on, eh? Just not outside <laughs> the realm of possibility. <laughs> All right, man, what's taking us out? Well, you know, um, this is the time to uh, take us out with a, a a tune and and really an album that that really meant a lot. You know, uh, certainly uh, to the charts, and and uh, they sold a ton of these records. And I remember in grade seven, we had a, you know, it was a dance, you know, it was during school, school, you know, and we're young, young folks. Yeah. And I remember uh, when we had a dance, we went into that small gymnasium that we had, right? And they wheeled in the, uh, the, uh, the turntable with the speakers on the cart. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was up to the students to bring the records and what have you. And I remember, you know, always at that dance coming down with, you know, six or eight uh, records. And uh, this was one of them.
Close! 